It's Monday, 1st of December 2014. This is HPR episode 1651 entitled HPR Community News for November 2014 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 63 minutes long. Feedback can be sent to admin at hackerpublicradio.org or by leaving a comment on this episode. The summary is HPR Community News for November 2014. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Ken Fallon, you're listening to another exciting episode here in Hacker Public Radio. It's Hacker Public Radio Community News for November 2014. And joining me tonight are... From Ted the top. Morris. <laughs> Who's top? 5150. Thanks, 50. Ken Fallon. Dave Morris keeps interrupting everybody. Hi, Dave. Can you welcome our new host, please? Now you're asking... <laughs> While you're doing that, or at least preparing to do that, I will t- remind everybody that this is a regular show scheduled once a month where anybody can join. It's at 1800 UTC, and we talk about the stuff that's been going on in the community news. We go through the shows, read out the feedback, and we have some exciting stuff. It's been a very busy month on the mailing list, and I need your help, and I need your feedback. So if you could please listen to the remainder of the show, that would be super duper. So welcoming two new hosts this month, they are... We have Pyrrhic and we have Al. Al, I could have managed. (laughs) Yeah, Pyrrhic has stumped me a bit as well. Okay, we had HBR Community News for October 2014 was the last one that we reviewed. It's episode 1630. And I note that I haven't put in the the days as yet and there were no comments on that one the following day we had the second in the series not series if it's three shows it can be a series 51 50 shades of beer the wichita brewing company part two by our good friend 5150 yeah that, go ahead that looks like a really nice it's a very nice bottle of beer Oh, the growlers? Yes, those are fun. Is that what that's called, the growler? Yeah, that's what we... uh, I think you guys called something else in Europe, but uh, they can't... uh, They're not bottling the beer, and they're not not selling it in the stores. Neither one of these uh, 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 brew pubs do, though I do think they both have aspirations uh, to that effect. So the only way you can buy beer and take it home is take it in the growler, and it's 
you know, probably best, um, you, know, you know, since these are homebrewed beers, they do seem to build up some fermentation. So it's not like, uh, or if not fermentation, some some gases. So usually there's a little pressure in the bottle even a week later uh, oh, when okay. you take, you know, if you've been drinking it out of it and take the top off. But probably it's, you know, it took me longer since I had three of them and I was waiting to do until I had time to sit down and do the podcast, but it's probably best to consume in two or three days. Gotcha. So for people um, who can't see the the picture that was associated with it's about, I guess, um, like a liter bottle, you know, one of those Coca-Cola liter bottles, but it's shaped like a bottle with a handle on it, a top going from the neck to the body of the glass. So that's a growler. I know a growler as being a fast taxi uh, carriage from days of yore. (laughs) Can I, uh, uh, as from my days of brewing, I used to do wine brewing uh, and we used those and we called them demijohns. Don't Uh, ask me why, but that's what we call them. Well, they're exactly 64 ounces. So it's a, a, a typical six pack of beer. Uh, would be uh, uh, 72, so a little less than a six-pack, about a beer short. Uh, and the, it depends on the brew, and usually prices go up with the APV, with the with alcohol content. Uh, but uh, they, they, I think the cheapest one I got uh, was like $12 to have it filled. And, of course, you got to pay $7 for the bottle in the first place, I think it was. Uh, but that's a one-time cost. And then I th- think they had some at, at the, uh, Old Town location, the, uh, um, the River City Brewing Company. I think some of theirs would, would go as high as 20, 20, $25, uh, to have a growler filled. So, I mean, you are, you're, you're paying a premium, f- uh, to, you know, to, uh, to to bring home that uh, quality beard, I you know, I I would say on either place, I didn't I uh, all the beers I tried between the two of them uh, and three trips total, uh, I I would say every one of their beers would be, well you well, you wouldn't want to do it every day, but I think I think that for the quality they were worth it. Uh, it's uh, because I, I I think every one of the beers would stand up to be superior to most of any anything that you could uh, get off a store shelf around here. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, Fifty. While I am a big fan of your beer series, we I do need to push on tonight because I don't have a lot of time. Okay. Uh, the following day we had fifty-one. We had episode sixteen thirty-three. Uh, Dan Lynch. Fabian Churchill and Mark Johnson interview by Benny. This is one of the Og Camp ones. He did a excellent, um, excellent series there from for a first time host. What do you think, Dave? Oh, he did a great job. Yeah, he was a very dynamic interviewer. He was he was out out and about. He and Core Nominal were were really covering some ground. And Tell me, sorry, go on. Well, on this, of course, Dan and Faber from. Uh, Linux Outlaws, and probably anybody hearing this is already knows that they have made the decision to stop recording 
that show uh, at the end of the year. So there's four episodes that they planned that are left. They have both stated that uh, uh, Og Camp, however, will go on, that they don't think it's no longer uh, solely or even part, I guess, a uh, uh, something that's supported by Ubuntu UK and, and uh, Linux Outlaws. It's, it, it's its own entity now. So they, they say they expect it to go on. But if it, it, I know there's some people who've, who who uh, used to listen to Linux Outlaws and they don't anymore. But if you ever were a fan or you just want to hear some funny stories, uh, I'd, I'd say check out uh, episode 365, You Weren't There, Man, of Linux Outlaws. Because it was just a whole comedy of errors with the uh, hotel, I guess, trying to take advantage of them at every turn. Okay, does uh, Dave, do you want to take the next one, please? <laughs> <laughs> Just so I can say, Pyrrhic. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, 1634, How I Got Into Linux from Pyrrhic, his first uh, HPR episode, and I thought he did a great job, an interesting journey into Linux he'd had. And uh, uh, quite a good recording on the Sunset Clip, I have to admit. Yeah, it works really well. Quite surprising, actually, isn't it? Yeah, I was, uh, uh, as I've said before, saved my skin a few times. So, mm-hmm. Well done. Hope to hear more from him as time goes on. Uh, Libra Office Calc, data manipulation, sorting, and auto filter. And I'd, uh, I'd like to thank Ahuka and 5150 both for basically carrying this entire month. So, shall we move on? Yeah, go Dave, ahead. You had an episode about how to make coffee and this turns out to be a very big passion of uh, a lot of people we had some <laughs> comments by uh, by Victor who said it was a great uh, episode and the discussion went into about French, uh, French presses Balletti recently acquired Balletti that was Expol Pass do you know what a Balletti is? Six cup model mocha pot. Okay, it's it's that's right. It's the the thing I was talking about in my episode. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I must have fallen asleep. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. It's good to know. Didn't have you enough not coffee, have you not enough, enough coffee. coffee. Yes, yes, I know. I was too slow. Well, I think we're we're all geeks, and we like it when people talk about about technology, even if it's in a completely uh, different area than our normal interest would be. That's um made me. Uh, Made me think of why there hasn't been a GNU World Order in a while. So, Klaatu, get off your butt. Do some more shows. A man who likes coffee as well. Then, the following day, we had 5150 with Zuckerberg, Facebook, friends, and having a back. And I think this is probably one of the best arguments that I've ever heard uh, for Facebook or and the like. Yeah, imagine, imagine me making a pro-Facebook uh, uh, argument. I don't think I. If you'd asked me six months ago, I would have told you you were nuts. Yeah, and again, I think you nailed it. That it's it's about the communities. Wherever the people gather, it's a community. So uh, that's where people are gathering. So what do? You do? Then we had Windigo with surviving a road trip, and in this uh, case, he was talking about um, about how to bring food and stuff around and. It is in this episode that I realized, again, this is between uh, culture in the U.S. versus road culture in uh, Europe. Um, 
but he made salient points all round. I thought. Yeah, this this was really interesting too. Unfortunately, I either my trips are either too short or too long, where I have to get on an airplane. Yeah, I know the feeling. But I actually wouldn't mind seeing more of those ones. Then we had one sixteen thirty nine the following day, Ken Spark. And I must say, I was nearly in tears listening to this. Uh, he builds computers for kids who need a helping hand, basically. Um, thanks to Ahuka for recording that at the Ohio Linux Fest. And a uh, very, very, very good show. And it's a very good project. If you can throw um, Ken some shekels, then please do so. And, uh, and for people who want to hear some more from Ken... Uh, Ken Starks is going to be our guest this coming Friday evening on the Linux Slugcast, which you can find at the linuxslugcast.com. And am I right in saying he has a crowdfunding um, uh, project going just now? I've, I haven't got a note of where it's, where it's at. Am I right about that? I don't know, but we, if he has, we should put it into the show notes. Yeah, I'll check let you know. Okay, the following day we had... Continuing symmetric versus asymmetric encryption, and this was Ahuka making uh, all sorts of complicated things very, very simple, which is what the man seems to be gifted at doing, and uh, our thanks for that. And uh, yes, again, I thought, and I'm familiar with the topics, he has a way of explaining it that I think, yeah, the next time I need to explain it, I will I will use that as a resource. Now, the yeah, next so- one... Good episode, that one. Very good episode, that one. I enjoyed that a lot. There were actually a few comments on that as well by uh, Johan V. And uh, he's uh, thanking uh, thanking Kevin for that episode. The next day, listen to On the Bus, Johan V. Didn't know he was a fellow Dutchman, although, well, fellow Dutch resident. And real reasons for using Linux. And he nailed it 100% could not in any way disagree with any of his arguments on this. No, I've I've done the same thing that he was saying that, uh, you know, you shouldn't do, done that in the past, and his points about why you shouldn't make those those bad points are very, very well taken, I think. And I particularly loved his full transcript on his website, by the way. That was that was brilliant. Yeah, it's always always good to have good show notes. So, yes, indeed. But uh, I like this episode, and I've been, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of uh, people become enthusiastic and, and forget to look at the, you know, start seeing the world, start seeing your, your pet project, whatever it is, through rose-tinted glasses, so it's it's good to get a grounding. Okay, then we had Al and Jerry, first time at Og Camp, and I liked this because it's just laid back, two guys talking about uh, an experience they had, and it was like as if you know you were just uh, you just at the pub and going up and getting a pint and coming back down and joining the conversation. And there was a good, really nice, chilled episode. And it's probably good to point out that everybody who's been to a conference has some kind of story like this, and. Well, if you've got a great story, what what better place to bring your stories to than uh, Hacker Public Radio? Hey, exactly. And uh, there was a comment on that, not necessarily about the episode itself, but the Mary TTS clipping, uh, which I will talk about later on. 
And then we had 5150 doing unison syncing utility. Again, as I said, uh, carrying the uh, <laughs> carrying the uh, network this month. We were quite la- low on shows, and uh, Ahuka and 5150 just stepped up and filled those vacancies for us. And you have to remember that we are a sieve here. We we drain through episodes. Lots of episodes come in and lots of episodes go out, which is why I don't like the you know the call for shows and everybody going mad making shows. It's far better if people are regularly sending us in shows. That is what we like to see here. Um, with regard to your episode uh, 50, I love um, Unison. But in the last recent version on both um, both Fedora and uh, Ubuntu, there is a bug that if you're using any other code page other than keyboard layout, other than US English, any other locale other than US slowing English, they, um, the program will fail and uh, will core dump. So not very good. Bugs opened about it. They seem to be aware about it and nobody is fixing them. Yeah, that's sad if they're just thinking, because that that would seem like a rather major bug to me. And uh, if if their thinking is, well, we don't necessarily aren't necessarily concerned that people outside the United States can't access our software, then and, and I'm not saying that's necessarily what's going on, but that would seem to be somebody would need if, if that were true, somebody needs a huge attitude change. No, I doubt it. I I just maybe it's a complicated bug, but it's been there for a while now, about a year or so, I guess. And uh, um, so I've ended up having to use our syncs and stuff, and then you end up with two different versions of you know having to. The beauty of Unison is that you know it it does the merge for you, as you said yourself. You made very good, uh, very good points. And uh, our sync, while it's got its own advantages um f- especially for one way syncing so if you're saving everything on a network share and you want to you know get a backup of it then uh, or sync is the way to go there i guess but um okay anyway there were two comments about that episode one by uh, f1e f10e what sort of number would that be a big one and he is talking he or she indeed is talking about a, that there is a text console version for Unison. Frank, and again, Frank says that there's uh, you don't need a GUI installed and there are more flexible ways to that can be synced to address your problem. He uses the following uh, trick. So you can continue on and it goes into details about regexes that you can use. Have you had a chance to use those, 50? No, I I hadn't checked back to see if there were any comments on uh well, on this particular on this particular episode, but yeah, that's uh that's great. I, because of course it's a, if you can work something out with a script, uh that's a, that's a uh, lot faster uh, a lot more efficient than uh calling on the GUI. It now be interesting to see if there's any way because uh, uh, let's see, Con- my uh, monitor configuration utility, and I can't look for it at the same time I'm holding down a key. But uh, I-, I found that uh, uh, after using it, all it does is 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 uh, uh, write write a shell script 
for you. So instead of getting in that utility every time, you could just copy the shell script in and have it uh, have it auto run. And I'm I'm wondering if there isn't some place in there that you could you could use the GUI to uh, uh, to to uh, create your script once, and then thereafter, instead of getting into the GUI, run it uh, running as an automated procedure. Yeah, but it's it, these guys are saying that you don't need a GUI installed, and and that was I always thought that was the case that you could because uh, I have run it without a GUI. With a GUI is a lot easier for setting it up, and then you can run it afterwards without a GUI. But uh, Frank also mentions as well that he you can solve the different directory names problems by using symbolic links, and uh, he has also in there about how to do the regex so that uh, you can do simply match any characters with not with a slash so i would strongly suggest you um look up that and if you be uh, or on hacker public radio that's the room or for radio or well, actually or for romeo then you will get to the syndication page where you can get all the links uh, for the rss feeds for the comments and the main shows Anyway, we better move on. 1644 was uh, opensources.com newscast roundtable. Very nice. Very nice episodes. And uh, I like the discussion. They give a, a short one down the articles, they discuss the articles and discuss the feed from the articles. So really kind of a bit like this show, actually only discussing uh, another website. Yeah, I want to thank Semiotic semi robotic for those because uh, I, I've really been enjoying them. Then we had uh, episode f- uh, 42, believe it or not, in the LibreOffice Calc, uh, or LibreOffice series, Calc Data Manipulation 2, Standard and Advanced Filters. If you don't know how to do this sort of stuff, this is a very good episode uh, to find out how... Um, even I find it with Sedok uh, and Grep and all that stuff at a particular point in time especially when there are other people around uh, who want to uh, help you out, pipe stuff into a comma-separated file, bring it into LibreOffice and run some filters like this, and it's really, really invaluable. So good episode there. And the following day we had, it became a series, 50, it became a series. <laughs> yep, Ooh, that, that looks, there's a picture in here, folks, of three growlers, and they are looking very, very nice. That's the way to do it. The first, uh, well, I mentioned in the in the first broadcast, I, I didn't figure I'd get back to Wichita for six months, so I bought three growlers and left two of them with my host at the beer party I went to. And this time, I, well, I got into which halfway to Wichita and realized I had forgotten my one growler, and I just said, "Well, we'll just." I, I know I got to come back another time, so we'll just buy uh, two more. And uh, so I had to get, get I had to get through those in the weekend. <laughs> so you had to, to go do back. It. Yeah, I had. Well, and then I had to do the podcast, you know, and then I had to had had to had to get them empty so I could uh, so I could come back with uh, empty jugs. And uh, for people not seeing the picture, I, I describe them. They look a lot like a maybe a smaller version of an old moonshine moonshine jug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One thing though, fifty, I have to tell you: do never drink and drive, folks. Oh yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Okay, very good. And there was something else. Yes, I need to I need to do this as well. I need to because there's actually a lot of good beers around here, and I'll 
uh, open one or two, and now I have an excuse for recording it. Although I must say I don't have the terminology and the verbology, so it won't be as uh, technical as your ones. It'll be, <laughs> this is a good beer. I like it. Well, I'm sort of stumbling through that. I mean, if this if this was uh, uh, um, Holster doing it, you know, who who does brew his own beer, he could do a much better job of both describing the beer and and how they were ma- made uh, than I ever possibly could. I wonder, could you get him um, to put together a show for us to um, t- to so that we could like. Um know how to describe the beers you know what we should comment for this series you know so that okay i've got a beer what what would you like to know about it? the history of the beer where it comes from what the percentage is it's like what it smells like that sort of thing that you know like a little checklist that we could add to this episode um you know this if you're doing a a episode in 5150 shades of beer then you know answer all the questions on this sheet well, that's a, that's a great idea. I'll ask him if he can do that. He, I'm sure he'd also like to come back. I think he he did one episode, but he's made a lot of progress with his uh, uh, fish hatchery and vegetable growing yeah, I, operation. Yeah, I'd hear about that as well. So if you get him on and uh, record a few shows about those. No pressure, obviously. I, I really agree, actually, just to interject, because I've been watching his YouTube channel on and off about his... Uh, it's the setup he's got there, and I'd love to hear a follow-up to his original show about this. Okay, the next one was, uh, well, another show that I hosted, but my involvement was pretty much, uh, as far as recording, was took up a mic to my laptop and pointed at the room where we were uh, cooking the Saturday night meal after we'd been to uh, Knoebel's theme park. Uh, at Oddcast Planet Live, and uh, this is one of, one of a couple. Uh, well, actually, there there will be a third one, but I've I've got to, we lost the audio on it, so I've got to re-record everything uh, from scratch. But to go along with some of the pictures uh, that we took uh, when we uh, visited, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's essentially it's essentially uh, the town that uh, Silent Hill was. Was based on that they or the i the the ba- the basic idea for the movie the uh, uh, it's going underground fire and they had to uh, underground coal fire and eventually they had to uh, buy up all the property and destroy the town but I'm getting way off topic that one's coming sometime uh, but this was we were uh, we'd come back from the theme park and Broman Briptastic uh, got all the fixins to uh, uh, to uh, uh, make dinner, and I just po- I just pointed a mic in there, and what you what you hear is what went on as we were cooking and talking about what we had done and what we were going to do, and I'm going to add the recipe to the I had I should have it should have had it in there by now. Brome sent me the recipe, uh, so by the end of the day I'll have that added as a comment on that show. It was great. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Fifty. It was. Uh, I like that sort of thing. Just sort of hearing people doing stuff and talking. Uh, particularly appreciate the photos. By the way, I love to see an episode with photographs. Yeah, I just I just snapped a few quick ones when I had a had a chance. Most most of the time, my hands were covered with flour and stuff during uh, making uh, making that. Cool. 
Looks like we've lost Ken for the for the moment. So uh, we'll maybe just progress in his uh, his absence. Slightly embarrassed. The next show is one of mine. Sixteen forty eight bash parameter manipulation. Um, I sort of went on at quite a long, great length about stuff to do with uh, writing bash scripts. Um, I thought maybe I'd gone over the top a bit, but I've had a couple of comments on it, which has been nice to to receive. So I guess uh, it's hit the spot for a, for a few people. Oh yeah, I was I was very interested in that one. The the main thing though, that's that's one of those. Uh, that's one of those topics you can't. I I was uh, listening to it while I was doing something else and not at the computer. That's one of those that you really uh, to to get the best part of that. You need to sit down at the computer and and uh, work those examples along with you. Yeah, I I know I I know that uh, Clatu does this, um, you know, reading out code and stuff. And and uh, there's times I've had to go back and re-listen to the show because you know you just can't pick it up if you're if you're doing the washing up or, or whatever feeding the cat or something it's really hard to to follow along isn't it i did do some quite lengthy show notes to go along with it so uh, i hope that people will be able to get the gist of it and go back and and pick up the the thread later on if they were interested but uh yeah it's it's difficult this sort of podcast is hard to do this type of thing um you know it would be nice if we had people doing podcasts on on programming in general but you know it's maybe not the best best way of doing it he's back we just i'm i'm just doing my bash parameter manipulation show <laughs> apologizing for its uh, its length and complexity no, I loved that episode. You, um, yeah, I was thinking, hey, Dave just knows, uh, Dave just knows, uh, uh, Pearl, and then all of a sudden turns out you're a bash dude as well. Very good. Yeah, bash is fun. Good, I'm glad people liked it. I did use the, um, uh, I did use the, obviously, the, uh, show notes were brilliant. They really helped. You can't. I was just saying to fifty. You can't really do this sort of stuff without something written to to look at, either, either in real time or or after the event. So I tried to write something you could read through and uh, and pick up the the stuff afterwards. So hopefully it did that. Yeah, which is exactly why we put the uh, text to speech thing at the beginning because people have asked for uh, to know what type of episode is going to be if it's a you know chit chatty people around the fire one then you can listen along if you're driving but you know this is the sort of one it's okay if you're on the train but you're not going to be able to listen to it there's you know washing the dishes you're going to need to have a reference to it so that's the point so the following day there was raspberry pi accessibility breakthrough and this was amazing well done um this is mike uh, mike ray um got Raspberry Pi uh, audio text-to-speech uh, in the console working. Very, very cool stuff. Uh, Mike is uh, is really a cool dude. <laughs> he is indeed. A lot of comments on this episode. Steve Bickle, um, another hero of the HPR community. He is the guy who put together, I put a few months ago, the call-out for after the interview with Mary, uh, uh, he put together 
front-end wrapper for Java, which has been, you know, he's documented to put it up in GitHub. Uh, it's available on the GPL, uh, same license as the um, Mary TTS, and those guys have requested him to put it up so that they can pull the code back into their uh, thing. Works very, very well um, from my point of view, but we'll get into uh, more discussions about Mike Ray. Uh, about the comments that Mike and others have made about the text to speech, so yeah, um, a lot of uh, a lot of guys very impressed with that. Tony Wood as well, also very impressed. As I, th- I think everybody is. <laughs> well, it's just amazing when a member of the community can just take something, you know, it used to work, and there's a bug in the audio drivers that ha- has not been addressed apparently, and comes at it from a totally different direction. And probably makes it work better, though. Since he's running it through the uh, graphics adapter, uh, I'm one. If it probably wouldn't work if you're trying to do something like gaming, I I would think. I mean, for for a sighted person, if you're trying to, uh, because you're probably gonna it's gonna tax the adapter. But I, I'm I didn't even re- realize there was a text to speech problem with the Pi. See, I just got one in the mail about uh, two weeks ago. It's sitting there in my RC window. But I, ever since this silly uh, A- Amazon Echo tube thing has come out on the market, <laughs> I've been thinking, you know, I've been thinking, and, well, surely Bree knows this is, this, this is essentially Siri in a tube, or, well, I should say Google Google Now, any, anything like that where you can just walk by and say, uh, you know what's the biggest uh, city in Bolivia or something like that, and it it'll supposedly uh, find it out there on the internet. And I was thinking, well, if you could if you could uh, tie the Raspberry Pi in similar sort of uh, database, and I guess in 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 the desktop browser uh, uh, for Chrome, you can actually uh, do this sort of thing as well. So you know. I, I, I was thinking it'd be a great little build to see just how cheaply you could use a ras- get a Raspberry Pi and replicate this $200 device that Amazon is uh, uh, selling to the Rubes. Yeah, I, I had the very same thing that I'd like uh, my Raspberry Pi to boot up with, uh, you know, just a, a simple menu script that, you know, that you could plug in a number pad 1 to 10, you know, uh, uh, one to zero number pad you know one is are there any train delays two is what time is it three is something you know and it just talks back there are no train delays there's a train delay or whatever you know that i can think the number of uh the necessity to run a raspberry pi with a monitor is not uh, is i can think of a lot of use cases not to use that as you as you say yourself and in addition i think his point is very valid if it doesn't have a um if you can't Get text to speech in the terminal, then it isn't a and it isn't a device that's uh, that is accessible. I don't think. I would tend to agree with him there. And again, completely non sequitur. But when you said you wanted a, uh, a ten key layout, uh, I think if you really want it to be neat, uh, go over to Jezra's website, and he did that thing uh, years ago, where he's using an old rotary phone a, as an input device. So ah, you, very you, cool. Yes, yeah, so you 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 could pick up the handset, dial dial your uh, selection, and and have it all. Yeah. So that'd be neat. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. His, uh, if I ever make it to the States again, his house is on top of my list of uh, cool places to go. Okay, the last episode for this month, uh, I must say, achieved a dream of mine, which was to get to spend the night with 5150. <laughs> yes, 50. I believe you are pushing the uh, shows of interest to hackers to the limit here on this one. Well, if I remember correctly, you could probably uh, blame Brome again. Again, uh, this this was uh, from Oddcast Planet Live from last May. And since there really isn't any... Eilesburg uh, is a very small town, and so uh, we... We decided to uh, to rent a house uh, together over the weekend. There's places out there that'll do that. Uh, what we what we ran into anything in town since we're going on Memorial Day weekend. So of course we'd have uh, more time off from work. Is that when I started calling places, we found out pretty uh, pretty quick. Yeah, we rent our house out on the weekends, but you know any anything that's a holiday like Memorial Day weekend. Or Fourth of July, it's it's we always rent it to the same people every year, so you're never going to be able to get in on that. So we found we found a place a uh, uh, farm about uh, three miles out of town, and I I don't think they're originally built intended for bed and breakfast. I'd say it was a generational farm uh, that at one time had five or so families living living out there, and apparently uh, situation has changed, so there's just uh, one guy out there, but the uh, we ran the house. It was two stories, and uh, from previous experience, everybody uh, everybody knew a tank uh, tank tankinator snored. Well, his wife knew that, and uh, er, from last year, uh, because three thirty and Pegwall uh, talked about it all the time. They know I have a problem with snoring, so they said you guys are going to live down in the living room on the first floor where you won't keep the rest of us awake all night, and we're all going to have the uh, nice rooms and the nice beds upstairs. Now, that that was fine. I was on a couch. It was it was comfortable. Uh, but uh, so Bro, I think Brome uh, sometime during the Saturday said, uh, you know, you, get, you guys ought to set up a mic and just record yourself snoring all night and make that a, a, a an HPR. Yes. Boss, yes, fair enough. Well, the town actually sounded quite interesting. An ongoing fire underneath in the coal mines. That's that's always pretty cool. Yeah, that's Centralia, but now that I wasn't trying to think of it, I could remember it. Uh, yeah, and there will, there will be an, an upcoming uh, episode, on, and I'll, I'll be able to, since I'm <coughs> doing research on Wikipedia and stuff, I'll be able to do, tell you more about history of the town than if I had ju- uh, just recorded our running conversation between me and, and, uh, uh, Brome and Mr. Jackson is as we walked around. I mean, Brome's been there several times and I, I really, really wish, uh, I'd caught that audio, but it just didn't work out. Okay. There have been uh, a few more, uh, um, comments on past episodes. Uh, they're on an episode, Bare Metal Programming on the Raspberry Pi, uh, which you'll remember was uh, Gabrielle Evenfire's um, series, I guess, on basically building your own OS for the Raspberry Pi. We had uh, Mike Ray commented, and um, 
and had some discussions about password protected uh, PDFs for some reason. So I think one then, of the one of the 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 files that were linked from the, the episode turned out to have a password on them. That oh, was my, yes, yes. my understanding. There's instructions in there on how to uh, get past that. Then there was also a uh, another comment by um, by Alison Cal- Chaken. Chaken, thank you, thank you. Sorry for butchering people's names. That is my job here. Uh, who enjoyed listening to the show, and we will expect a show from her in the next year under the "You Owe Me a Show" rule. Then we had a comment on the um, and my bills. Don't forget about ref- the refurbs, refurbing at Lenovo. Uh, Pokey and Charles and NJ liked the episode, obviously, and some of them feel like doing something similar. And there was a discussion um, between uh, Mike Ray and Steve Bickle about Miri TTS, which we'll uh, probably get to as well now as we go through the news from the mailing list sometimes we have nothing on the mailing list and more times we have lots and lots on the mailing list this month started off with a mailbird is a new mail application and they were sending me what i consider to be spam i forwarded it to the mailing list and contacted them not to send me anymore and they said no it wasn't spam it was promotional emails okay fair enough then we had the continued discussion about why there is no HPR torrent yet by Bert. We had the discussion why there's no HPR torrent by Bert. Uh, Yerky was given a comment on that. Klatu chimed in and uh, asking where Deep Geek had gone with the project. Um, the Mike DuPont made the point that it is available on archive.org uh, that you can get the torrents from there. Um and there are various different places where that you can get a torrent from. And Corbett too um, was running the tracker and basically got on to say that he will he's busy with life at the moment and will get back to it ASAP or whenever he's available in three to six weeks, to be more precise. We had a discussion then about the New Year show and... Um, it's a continued, it's a, there was a question about that as to whether we should continue with the New Year show or not, was my question. Yeah, and I think you got a rather forceful yes from me. So that means I'm, uh, I'm going to do what I can, uh, volunteer where I can to get stuff organized for the show. And I guess I got to start on that. And, uh, so hopefully I can get back into that this, this week. So we, I'd like to have some forms built up so we know ahead of time that uh, who's going to be moderating what hours of the show and who's going to be recording it. Of course, we want to have more. And uh, I want the people who volunteer to edit uh, the show to, of course, record their portion uh, locally. So we are okay. But the, uh, editing I'll do because that needs to be posted by me. And oh, okay. The, I didn't realize the best that. thing that we can do. What I'm trying to do is make it as easy as possible, which is why later on I'm uh, uh, I'm asking people about headless servers at this stage. I'd like Kevin Wisher to get ready his setup that he did last year as a backup plan because uh, I'm not having that 
amazing amount of luck doing what I'm trying to do. But if failing that, we'll we'll come up with some sort of backup plan or stream it somewhere or other. We'll figure it out. Um, and this whole topic is one of the ones that proves that I don't always get my way on this network. So, <laughs> but we will go ahead with it. Uh, what I am concerned about is the lack of um, publicity of this event because my concerns with the show was that for the amount of time and effort that everybody puts into it, we don't, as HBR, get a lot out of it other than a week of shows. But if we had everybody make a New Year's resolution and record a show, then we would have 100 shows as opposed to just eight going on the fact that there was 100 people listening to us. So that was my concern, as well as the fact that... um, New Year is a family celebration here in the Netherlands, probably more than in other places where you've got uh, Thanksgiving and and uh, other religious festivals going on. Uh, New Year tends to be a quite a big thing here. But we are going ahead with it, absolutely. The uh, website is up. You probably can see the countdown clock on the main page of HPR as we speak. The page, there is a show notes page up with the time zones and stuff in it now uh, I'm doing I'm kind of busy with work right at this moment but um, when that gets sorted I will be devoting some time to getting the uh, server infrastructure ready and what I'd like people to do is go to the link in the show notes to the to the pages and if you are willing to do a you know to lead the um, what did you call it there 5150 take a segment and be the Show master, um, moderator, host, moderator. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be the moderator, kind of put in um, at a particular time zone where when you're going to be and what this what the topic for the hour will be, or or the or the time zone change. The time zones can be 15 minutes, half an hour, or an hour. So uh, I was thinking of doing that. Actually, I have two topics that came to mind today that I didn't really want to write, uh, you know, to do a particular episode on. But the New Year show seems like a good time to talk about them. Does anyone know if our promo has been played anywhere? Well, they talked about it before tilts, but then I got a phone call, so I don't know. I assume they played it. I haven't heard this week's tilts, but uh, there you go. I haven't heard it anywhere else, I must say. And those of us who are hosts on other podcasts can uh, definitely uh, talk about it. And those of us who are not hosts on other podcasts can certainly uh, contact a podcast and ask to come on briefly and uh, you know, tell tell what the New Year's show is all about because it's that way it's a lot harder for them to ignore you rather than they just get a, a wave file by mail. Yeah, exactly. And the whole point of this show is not that it's a HBR event. Well, it is, yeah. But what we want to do is reach out to everybody and have a New Year's is kind of unique in that everybody in the world is more or less off. Um, I'm, you know, there's a lot of people not not at work on that day. So that means that people are available just to drop in. And if you've got a podcast and you don't want the hassle of setting up your uh, your server and everything and talking to your your community on that day. It's just a really handy way to come in for five minutes and go, hey, HPR community, how are you doing? Hello to all my people and Happy New Year. Basically, that's what it's about. And it's about, from my view of the thing, is it's an easy way to get people on so that people can connect and say, well, 
I can join Mumble and I can talk and there my first show is over. So now I can record a show. Basically, I want to get more people involved in podcasting, uh, whether that happens to be listening to other shows, whether that is recording shows for HPR, whether that is setting up your own shows. The whole purpose of HPR is to spread knowledge among the hackers, going back to uh, Twat Tech, going back to Infonomicon, going back to Binary Rev, Ra- Bin Rev Radio and going back to the parent of them all, um, Radio Freak America. The whole point was uh, hackers and freakers, uh, rather than keeping the, the, the cool stuff to themselves, that we would share the knowledge. And that's what this is all about. So that's why on HPR we don't we will promote other shows. We're not precious about that. If people are starting other shows, we will give them support. We will even give them bandwidth, give them, try and put them uh, give them hosting and all the better if they start their own show and move off HBR. I'm absolutely fine with that. That is the whole point. Are you listening or have you gone? No, we're, I'm still here. Okay. Sorry. That was a bit of a rant folks. Anyway, the next, the next audio book club from Mr. Patrick Daly, um, is a public domain book from LibriVox.org and it's, uh, by EE Doc Smith. And it's read by Phil Schenevert. And it will the show will be recorded on 2014-12-09 at 2300-hours UTC. That's and December the 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can listen to the audiobook. There's links in the, um, links in the mail. Then we moved on to the big discussion about the HPR theme question. And it started with uh, Trenton Matthews, who wishes to do a, uh, who's on the Sunlight Online, has uh, is a blind Linux user and would like to do uh, a blind and visually impaired show. And of course, that is what we would like to do. Um, we would like to hear that. He has recommended, I've recommended that he does a show about once every two weeks. Um, because that is kind of a nice balance. So let's bring it on. Then he uh, asked, it brought forward uh, a lot about the, a few questions about the theme. And basically, I think, um, um, well, I sent around a summary. Just let me find that for you. Well, there have been a couple users on there who... You know, I think especially if it's a short show, they'd like us to get on with uh, the meat of the show. And uh, apparently they're having some questions about, well, you get the theme all done. Then you have the uh, robotic voice announcing who's who's the host and when it was recorded and what it's going to be about. Uh, then, And they have some problems with the voice as well. But... Uh, Say it's a minute and a half before we actually start he- hearing a podcast. So I, 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 I can I can see their points, but I really love the HPR theme, and I, I do see that for the people who don't who don't listen to every show, having the preamble telling them what uh, what they can expect to hear, so that they can hit the next button on their audio device. It is. Uh, uh, for some people, that would be of great value. Yeah, the whole point. Uh, I'll just give you a rundown of of what actually comes, what it is. There's the synopsis, which is the 
it is the date. This is the show number. It's entitled and whatever, and it gives you the length of time and stuff. So um, it it was spoken about by Mike Ray and um, and Trenton, I think, largely. Um, both of whom are blind users, and I can understand their annoyance and frustration with the intro and outro theme, largely because they're, it's like uh, those of us who want to have a KDE desktop and suddenly there's a quote-unquote ugly GNOME application running in the middle of it, or vice versa, you're running a, a GNOME desktop and then suddenly an ugly KDE uh, thing comes up. I can totally get why having a tech engine that you don't like, that is not the voice that you like, speaking on your show, how that would really, really, really annoy you a lot. I do get that. There's more. That isn't really why it was there. It is part of why it was there. Um, the main reason for why it's there is, um, well, it's manifold. It's we get asked... HBR has a lot of shows. How do I know what shows coming up? And then I listen to everything, and then I don't know what it's what's going to be about. So, if you will bear with me, I will read back my feedback on the discussion that was going to and fro. And the first point to make is that the text to speech, the synopsis thing, um, Mike and uh, the text to speech thing, the voices were experimenting with them. We're going. From, Sorry, I got a phone call. I have to take it as work. One second. Um, so, so the whole point of the text-to-speech engine bit, um, we will get a better text-to-speech engine. If that's eSpeak, if that's um, Mary TTS, if it's something else, I really don't care. Um, the voices, we're trying various different amounts of them. So long as I can put it into a and generate the text that I need to generate, that's all I'm really concerned about. Um, I will say that uh, Mike has made the point that the standard e-speak voice is fine. Yes, it is. I use it all the time, but other people find it horrible. That's basically a simple fact. But we will uh, we will keep that one aside. What I wanted to know was, should we do various different things with the intros and outros? So we have the... Um, so some people, the people who have complained is that it's too long. So um, I, I'll just read out. I include in the calculations below, but the length before the episode proper is one minute and 20. Um, for, for those served from HackerRepublicRadio.org and one minute, 16 seconds for those served from org. So just there, we do introduce different ad or they're not advertisements. They are sponsor sponsor mentions. So we do include those at the beginning as a way of thank you to the hosting providers. So I will continue on. So that is an increase of 43 seconds or 37 seconds respectively. For your information, the outro is about a minute long. If we take out the date and contact information from the synopsis, then it's reduced to about 16 seconds in this case, in the case of the episode that I was uh, using, which reduces the total to about 1 minute and 13 seconds. So that's 13 minutes longer, or 1 minute 7 seconds. That's 7, minute, seven seconds longer than the current, uh, than the original intro. We could move the sponsor mentioned to the end of the show, and that would reduce uh, the intro down to 55 seconds. And we could probably um, reduce it to the length of the intro, which is 39 seconds, by having the synopsis overlay the intro music. So it would be da 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 and then the text-to-speech would say, hello, this is episode blah, 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 
hosted by archive.org or, or anhonesthost.com. Today's show is um, Dave Morris, and it's entitled uh, Coffee, blah, 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 and it's part of the series, blah, 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 and it's about so many minutes long. The reason that text is there is because that is the stuff that people have asked me for to put it in there. I want to know how long it is. I want to know what it's about and who it's from because the people who are listening to this show knows that if it's going to be a technical episode by this person, I want to listen to it. If it's going to be Ken waffling on, then I, you know there's nothing of substance there. You can listen to it while you're driving a car or delete it or whatever. So that was it. The only thing about doing the intro like that, which we I think we can probably do uh, automatically, is one, get technically how to do it, which is something we can probably do. But secondly, um, it would mean that people are would not be able to add the HPR intro to their own shows. Or if they do, it will be like the HPR intro with the text speech and then another HPR intro. So, And I don't know if people... Um, there was also no clear discussion about whether we move away from the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da HPR theme to uh, something else. That was... Um, that didn't seem to get any support whatsoever. But if you have uh, feedback, you as a listener of HPR, on the intros and the outros and all that sort of stuff, then please feel free to join the discussion. Would there be any way to randomize the intro from those that are uh, there on the website, the various variations of the da-da-da-da-da? Well, the outros... We said we could, we would do that, but when we had this discussion before, because this isn't the first time it comes up, uh, when we had the discussion about changing the intro and outro music, um, uh, my brother-in-law produced um, an intro and an outro for us, which was very nice of them, and they're licensed available on the on the show. The discussion then was that the intro should be kept as the regular Slick Zero intro, like the one that we all know, and only that, and not we were not allowed to use anything else. That was the agreement at the time. That agreement, again, is up for discussion. If people want to change the HPR theme, then now is the time to do it. However, note that there is significant branding associated with that. When people hear that tune, they know that's for seven years of episodes, we have um, seven years of episodes have been released. Actually, is it eight now? Um, years of episodes have been coming out. So um, it's a lot to throw away just uh, because you decide you like some other music better. We've been running for nine years, one month and 22 days. Uh, admittedly, not all that time as HPR. No, I think I, I agree with you on the branding part. And by randomize, I I meant with the uh, the, the uh, I think there's a harmonica version and an accordion version. Yeah, that those can be uh, th- those can be randomized for the outro. That's not a problem. But yeah, we only have uh, we only have a few for a start. But we can do that. That's not uh, that's probably something that I can do quite easily. Um, but not everybody sends up the shows with the uh, without the intro and outro. So a lot of people send up the shows with the intro and outro already edited in, and at that point, there's nothing I can do about it. So we've been running six years, 11 months, and five days as HPR. We will be um, seven years on the... When the first... When we record the New Year's show, we will be seven years running. So that's a long time for that theme, theme. You know what I mean? 
Okay, as we do when we find new podcasts, we send them around to the list, and I found a new one, which was Blacks and Technology, and uh, I have um, arranged a interview with these um, uh, with these chaps. Uh, Corbett who sent in some comments about not, you know, questioning the need for uh, splitting up groups and stuff. And my motivation for doing this episode was um, was related to the odd camps um, thing that was gone. So, um, more discussions about that on a future episode. And we had a question from Mike Ray about uh, whether Ahuka is going to be doing LibreOffice Calc, a LibreOffice base. And I know that he, I thought he mentioned that before that he will be doing it, but uh, it would be good to hear back from him. Uh, more on the constructive criticism for fifty one about basically feedback. So I I don't I don't I'm not going to go into all of those. Um, uh, I'm not going to go into all those discussions. We it's still ongoing. I did have a question also about if people have experience running a headless server. Uh, Corbett two has gotten back to me and Tlatu has as well. So I will be um, taking picking their brains on this as soon as I get a minute. I'm currently extremely uh, busy with a release that needs to go up before our freeze. So that's about it, folks. I've lost you all. No, no, we're just... Uh, what? Hello? Oh, just that that wasn't technical. Just uh, I couldn't think of what I, what I wanted to say next. Fair enough. I know what I need to say next, and that is tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of... Hacker. Public radio. Thanks very much, folks. Sorry for all the technical difficulties and delays in getting this show out. Thanks, guys. And Dave and Fifty, could you please upload your episodes to the FTP server? Cause mine broke in the middle. Okay. Will do. Okay, I gotta go and do uh, Santa Claus things here. Bye. We're not gonna sing. Oh yeah! Join us now and share the software. You'll, you'll be, be free, free. Hackers, hackers. You'll be free. <laughs> You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.